This is the Final Round Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast. Episode 69 is on deck tonight. Excited to have all you folks watching along with us here as we get ready to go. We've got um, Joe Bonifero joining us to talk a little bit about the conclusion, uh, the exciting conclusion of the 2019 TNT Super Series season. They wrapped over, wrapped up over at the Empire Dragway uh, over the weekend, so their season has concluded. We'll be catching up with him. Jason, uh, Jason joining us here in the studio um, you were there, yet to participate? Well, no, oh, God, no. <laughs> well, you said you were talking to Pete in the... Well, in I was the talking pit, to Pete Maduri in the driveway Friday night, so we went testing Friday night, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the plan was if testing went well Friday night, then we were going to compete on Saturday. Don't know about Sunday, but, uh... Um, we packed up and left on Friday night, so I guess that'll tell you all you need to know about how great testing went. Uh, Learned everything you needed to know. It, you know, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, it was probably the best test session that we've had in a while. So, did you get that pull out of it? Um, so yes and no. Um, oh, oh boy. So the short story is: is we changed the rear slicks from our new Hoosiers, which we've had on for you know basically the beginning of the season. And switched over to a set of seven-year-old Goodyears that have been sitting in Phil's garage, you know, winter, summer, year-round, and put them on the car, and the car went nice and straight. So we think that, I mean, it could be a wheel still, but we believe that it's probably a bad slick. So now it took us all year to figure that out, but... So you were having trouble longer than that. Oh well, this this whole thing has been going on for years at this point. Um, (laughs) But you know, every time we thought we found it, it basically was just something else. So it was a crack rear end housing. It was a bad front strut. Um, Now it looks like it's a bad slick. Uh, So yeah, it's just been ongoing and really testing my patience. I guess. so yeah, it like I said, overall we didn't compete on Saturday because the only set of tires that we had really to get down the track was a set of seven-year-old slicks, and it was like, well, we're not going to do that. Um, but we did leave the test session Friday night actually kind of enthused, thinking to ourselves, yeah, I think we got the problem. Sweet, at so least identify the year of Oldfield. <laughs> I'll take the year of going straight, being able to let go of the button. It's funny because on the last pass that I made. I have the GoPro in the car. You can see me instinctively let go of the button and jerk the wheel to the left. And I'm like, oh, it went straight. I don't have to. <laughs> so, yeah, just being able to go straight would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's going on as long as it has. You, you really start. I've questioned myself on multiple occasions. I mean, is it me? I mean, maybe you got to put somebody else in the seat, and maybe they can make the car go straight. I don't know. <laughs> well, so, I'm glad that you uh, you got somewhere with that. That's good to hear. So, yeah, I, I'm disappointed that we didn't get a chance. I always love running in the TNT. I have a lot of fun racing uh, in that series and, and racing with those guys. Um, I, I'll, I'll say even that, you know, Phil's car is probably better suited to the 1090 races, and that bums me out, too, because... They actually ran the last two races quarter mile rather than eighth mile. Yeah. And I love quarter mile racing, so right. I was really hoping that 
everything was going to work out perfectly. Uh, um, but yeah, it's a great series, and I just have fun doing it because I can go out and just run. I just go out and race, and it's fun to do. And uh, so yeah, they put on a good show. I'm just, I'm disappointed I missed it. Well, the season concluded. Yes, it that, did. That race. That's the, uh, the the final chapter of 2019, barring the final accolades that will be handed out at the, the year-end Banquet Awards right, right. event, such like. So Joe's joining us on the line. Joe, man, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Definitely. Um, looked like you had 10 racers that, that followed almost the entire series. Ten, they had uh, 10 events um, to their credit in attendance. Uh, Pete Maduri and Pete Maduri Sr., Won the championship overall. Looked like it was a good close points race. How how good was the action on uh, the final weekend? I think we had a total of uh, 36 or 38 racers throughout the year compete mm-hmm. at different times. But uh, the season end finale, you know what? It's in our deal, in our TNT Super Series, it's it's never a dull moment. Uh, going in, going into the weekend, I'm looking at the points, and it's like, holy smokes! Anybody in the top six could win the championship. Um, Sunday morning, once once Saturday was over, Saturday was a, a successful day. Um, Ted, he's on top of the points constantly. He's on the laptop and he's calculating and he's putting everybody's qualifying points in and round points. And Sunday morning, I'm in the lanes as the guys are getting paired and I've got the uh, point structure on my phone and I'm looking at it and I'm looking to see who's paired with who. And it's man going in Sunday morning. Anybody in the top four could have won. It's, wow. uh, it, yeah, it's exciting. I was saying, now, last year, so Patrick, your son, won it last year driving Kevin Orr's car. Now, last year, he was, I, I want to call way out of it. Was he, I think he was in the top ten still, but was he like eighth or ninth or something like that going into the final weekend? Yeah, going, going into the last weekend, well, I, I'm going to lay this out for you. Going into the last weekend last year, we had three races. We had Lancaster Friday night. Right. Yeah, and then yeah, we, yeah. Had, we, we had the double header at uh, Leicester on, on the weekend. Yep. So, so Pat was, if I recall, 99 points out of first. And to put that into perspective, so, I mean, this year's champion finished with 700-ish? Yeah. Yeah. So... So look at it this way, Pat, he went to Lancaster Friday night and won, went to Leicester Saturday and won. Sunday, he runnered up to Pete Jr. in the final, and he accumulated uh, 100 points to take the championship, okay? That's crazy. Um, Yeah. Now, this weekend, Pat was eighth going into into the weekend. Yep. Went to the final... (laughs) <laughs> on Saturday, and uh, and runnered up to uh, young Tyler Haline. Yeah, and and he accumulated fifty five points between his qualifying and his rounds on Saturday. Yeah, and he and he was still in eighth place. Oh, <laughs> you didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, I, uh, I'm, I would say I'm sure when he was going to the final on Saturday. 
I'm sure there had to be some guys sitting there thinking to themselves, oh, my God, here we go again, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know I talked, uh, to, I talked to Kevin Orr in the driveway on Friday night, and, uh, yeah, he had mentioned that, uh, you know, that Patrick was, let's call it, still in it. And uh, he's like, yeah, he goes, I realize that he doesn't have a really great shot of winning the championship, but at the same point in time, he was further out last year than he was this year. So he goes, what are you going to do? You're going to let the kid, uh, let the kid drive and see what happens, right? Yeah, for sure. But we, you know, like you, you watch our deal. Our deal is our guys. And I'm not saying this because I'm involved in the series, but I feel in our 1090 deal, we've got some of, if not the best, 1090 racers in the country. Anybody can win on any given on any given weekend. Nobody ran away with it. Like Pete Senior won a race. Pete Junior won a race. Yep. Young Tyler Haleen won a race. Yep. Um, uh, we even let Ted Barnes win one this year. <laughs> I was going to say, know? I thought Ted won a race at Lancaster earlier this year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, my my son Ryan, he won a race. Uh, Pat, he runnered up on the weekend. It's like any the. Um, the young Bob Bauer the third, he yep. won. There's there's uh there's an up and coming lion right oh, there. Sure. Him and yep. Tyler and and it's it's just so awesome to see some young guys getting into it. We even we we, we had a, a new fellow with a Mustang team this weekend, got a throttle stop on and tried it and, and he's hooked. He's he says he's he's gonna run the series next year. He just enjoyed it. So oh, that's so. good news. Yeah, that is good news. And and I have to agree, Joe. I mean I really love seeing the younger guys do it and uh you know, that's one thing I will say with Super Gas that we're kind of missing. I mean, that uh, we don't have a lot of those really young kids. I mean, I'll call them young kids. I mean, kids in their, uh, you know, from 18 to eighteen to 30, right? We don't have a lot of competitors in Super Gas in the 18 to 30 bracket. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's certainly good to see. I mean, I really do like that. And I will say, I mean, I'll back you up with regards to, you know, having some of the best racers in the country. I remember Saturday, was it Saturday? Saturday or Sunday, I saw the qualifying sheet for for Saturday. And I think Doug Linden said he went 1090 with a six to be number six qualifier. Whoa. Sunday, Sunday was... Sunday was tougher than Saturday, <laughs> I believe, if I recall. Um, I'm thinking we had seven or eight, the first seven or eight guys qualified with a 1090-something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like, crazy. Like my son Ryan, he qualified with a 90-05, and I yeah. think that put him fourth. Yeah, that's... so. <laughs> Yeah, there's nobody. Nobody's taking any prisoners in this deal. They're 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 all good. Oh, yeah, they're all good. Yeah, and it's. So, I will say it's hard eighth mile. I mean, it's obviously hard quarter mile. It's really hard eighth mile. Um, I know I've told this story on the on the show before. I remember being at Lancaster once uh, when they were running eighth mile. Guys were running eighth mile there, and I went seven triple zero one. And when I pulled up, they told me I didn't have the buy run. I'm like, that's impossible. I was seven triple zero one, um, and Ted came up, and Ted had the buy run because he was seven quadruple zero. I'm like, are you kidding me? 
Um, it's just really, really close racing. And uh, But, I mean, then, like I said, you take it to the quarter mile, it makes it more difficult to get close like that. And to have that many guys that close um, really is a testament to how good uh, everybody is and how, how, how well everybody's dialed. Yeah, yeah. And there was, on Sunday, like I say, when I was looking at the cars paired, and it's like... Um, it's like my son had Pete Jr. And if Pat could have taken out Pete Jr. And then uh, young Tyler, he had Teddy. Um, so that would have moved my other son, Pat, up. And it just, it was like, I'm looking at it. And, and like I see, uh, Bobby Bauer the third, he's he could have made a move, but he had a tough competitor first round, yep. and it was just uh, it was like holy smokes! It was uh, it was exciting. Yeah, it and was so- uh, you know between I really out of the whole season, I really and I'm not saying this because. The season's over and there's less work now, but it's just <laughs> when when uh, when it gets into the championship weekend like that, and you don't have one guy that's got eight rounds on somebody, right? And you and you know it could go either way, and you're watching the guys, and and you got some new guys that came out, and and our car count wasn't bad. We had twenty twenty two cars, so uh, it was uh, it was a great weekend. Yeah, being I mean being in the, the season, I mean honestly having 2022 20, cars is is a good uh, a good number of cars, particularly considering the fact that you know the same weekend you had the Great Lakes Pro Tree Association running out at Dragway 42, you had Maple Grove going on, so you had, you know you had you lost guys there, and you get to the end of the season, look, guys are broke and I mean they're they're broke in and some are just broke out of money. Oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I mean to still have as you will. <laughs> yeah, right, right. To still to still have twenty two cars at the end of the season at the finale is uh, is really quite impressive. Um, yeah. The other thing yeah, too, I, I would say the other yeah. thing too that I find somewhat funny is going into the weekend's events. So I, I don't know why you guys decided to make the announcement you were going to run quarter mile, but there was obviously a lot of backlash about it prior to the weekend. Right. And well, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, Jason, it's this, this is what I try to do being the race director. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of old school and set <laughs> my wings, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to make my decisions no matter what people sure. try and tell me. But, yeah. but the thing is, it's not etched in stone that we're quarter mile series. Right. Um, I is what I always try to do is if we're at a track and that track is running an eighth mile deal, and we allow our guys to double enter. Yep. So if the track's eighth mile, I try and run our, our deal eighth mile. Okay. Um, you know, all season I got to hear guys, I got to hear guys, well, how come we're not quarter mile? How come we're this? How come, you know, I thought this was a quarter mile deal. And, and uh, you know, my buddy Chris Van Balen, he loves the quarter mile. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I love that kid. You know what? He's a pain in the ass, but uh, <laughs> he keeps everybody on their toes. That's for sure. Oh, sure. So, yeah. any, so 
so anyways, I figure, okay, we're going to Leicester. Uh, this is supposed to be a fairly big race for Jerry. And sure. Jerry, Jerry and Claire, they've always treated us fantastic. I, for years, I always try ending our deal yep. before Labor Day, and then last year they started this middle of September race. So obviously we try and support it, right? Sure. But, but um, I know the super, you know, Freddie Smith, the the K and M stock super stock were there, right? And they always they always run quarter mile. Yep. So I figure I figure you know what I'm not going to be messing up the program too bad. We ran after them. Yep. And uh, it was a quarter mile, and you know I'm. I don't want any of my guys getting hurt. I I would feel terrible and. I'm up on the starting line every time my guys run, and I watched every car, and everybody was nice and clean at the top end. I didn't see anybody make any silly moves, and uh, and I I walked the track prior to us running, and you know there's not a lot of rubber up top, but the track's not as bad as people say it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the track is terrible. Uh, I will say the left lane and the shutdown is worse than the worse than the right. If you happen to get your uh, your tires caught in the groove uh, of that crack in the top end, I mean, yeah, it moves the car around a little bit. But I mean, it's not to the point where personally where I wouldn't run it. I mean, I feel perfectly comfortable you know running there, particularly. It'd be different if it was a really short shutdown as well, um, but yeah. with such a long shutdown, it's like it's just. And the track is wide, so I mean, it's not like oh my god, I barely got any room to move from left to right. So it really is, uh, my personal opinion, it's okay. The thing that I find funny is the fact again, it really created quite a bit of controversy going into the weekend. Um, I, and maybe I'm wrong because I wasn't there, um, but I didn't hear anything with regard to that really factoring into the outcome of the races at all. No, not at all. Not at all. But you know what? It's uh, There's a couple ways of looking at it. Like when you're at Lancaster, the shutdown is short. Sure. Uh, you're racing at night when it's eighth mile. I think it's real exciting. It's action-packed. Um, you're side by side. It's 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 hard to make those split decision split you know decisions oh, yeah. going through the traps because the eighth mile comes up so soon. Yeah. Um, with the quarter mile, I think it gives guys a little more time to execute their plan, right? Yeah. Or in my well, case, make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. well, you know what? If you put tires on the car and it was going straight, you should have stayed and raced with us on Saturday. I, I, I thought about it. I, honestly, if those if those good years had been a little bit uh, a little bit newer, I probably would have. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's crazy, too, because those tires, I, I think the 60-foot and those tires, we were getting one. Now, granted, the car's been going violently to the right, but with the Hoosiers on the car, the car was getting like 141 60-footers. I put the Goodyears on, and it went 135 in the very first pass. In the second pass, it was 131. Um, it's like that, even seven years old, there. sitting outside and freezing every winter, it's like those tires, uh, that car still love those tires. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm definitely disappointed that I missed it, like I said, because I, I like yourself, Joe, I'm an old-school guy, and I really like the quarter-mile stuff. Uh you know, with the Western yeah. Super Rod Association, we've kind of switched primarily to eighth mile because that's what most guys want to run. So it's like, mm, okay, I mean, 
if it were up to me and you you gave me the course that I could run half mile, I'd run half mile. Um, <laughs> but I'm in I'm in the minority. Most of the guys like uh, like the eighth mile stuff. But uh, um, like I said, I just I just found it funny that uh, uh, you know overall that you know the, the quarter mile course. Like I said, really didn't factor in overall to what the overall outcome was. So, um, just no. ended up being a good a good weekend of racing. Yeah, it sure was, and we had even uh, uh, Sam Levitro, a Levitro Automotive yeah. sponsored our weekend, and Sam was out running with us, which was awesome because uh, he doesn't get out that often, and. You know what? We've got uh, we've got a ton of good sponsors for every uh, every weekend. Like I say, there's Sam Levitro, and then the Lahaye uh, sponsored a race, and uh, Kevin and his wife, uh, the Oars, and uh, Larry and Steve. They call themselves the friends of the TNT, and and it just. Uh, it just helps put a nice deal together for us. Yeah, I mean, your series really has a lot of longtime sponsors, including, I mean, really including yourself. I mean, Joe's Transmission has been the title sponsor for TNT for a long time, as long as I can remember. Since 13 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty awesome. Um, and I was going to actually ask you, uh, um, obviously you and Ted are both Canadian, but how, how did you and Ted really get hooked up to begin with? Well, holy smokes, that's like a loaded question. I, I don't know how I got stuck with Teddy, but, uh, <laughs> we used to, uh, well, you know, this is, I give Ted a hard time all the time. I, I ask him, I go, dude, how could you have made a mistake like that? You've been racing the same car since 1985. Right. I guess, I guess. But anyways, that's that's pretty well how we met. Years back when we used to race at John Fletcher's track at Cayuga. Yeah. Uh, we did the bracket deal together in the mid-80s. Uh, went to some bracket finals together. Okay. Kind of, you know, stayed in touch over the years. And when he come up with this, uh, I guess he was probably looking for a pigeon, a pigeon or an easy target. So when he come up with this idea, he approached me and sucked me in. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, overall, uh, like I said, it's just been, uh, you know, I guess we'll call it a match made in heaven. I mean, you really, uh, um, you guys have just been together. Now, you've been race director now for uh, maybe five years, I'll say. Has it been longer than that? Yeah, probably a little longer. I just... I started out as, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, even though I was title sponsor, right, kind of behind the scenes, right. I, you know, Teddy would always bounce some stuff off of me, and you think we should do this, you yeah. think we should do that, yeah. and then um, it got to the point. Well, I don't have to tell you. You you can visualize this. You know what it's like when you're racing your series. And you want to get in your car and race, yep. be competitive, have fun. And then you got guys with concerns. Um, this happened. You know, I want to rerun. Right, uh, right. This isn't right. Why are we doing that? Well, once I took over the position of uh, director of competition, yep. And I'm and I'm at all the races. All of a sudden, nobody bothers Teddy and nobody says anything to me <laughs> right right well so uh so it worked out good 
Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy racing your season, your series so much is because of the fact that when I go out to the track, I'm just a racer, right? Um, yeah. I'm just out there to have fun and do my thing, and uh, I don't have to worry about the ladder and pairings and qualifying and all the rest of that stuff that goes along with it. All I do is go out and do my own thing. And, uh, you know, is it terribly hard? I mean, is it when I'm out there, does it add, uh, you know, so much work that I can barely manage? No, not necessarily, but it takes your mind off of, uh, you know, in, in between trying to work on dialing the car and making sure everything's okay, now you're thinking about other things rather than just really concentrating on your own racing program. So from that standpoint, like I said, it does add a level of difficulty overall because it's just one more thing that you have to do that weekend. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would sure, I would love to have I would love to have Joe Bonifero come race or run the Western New York Super Rod Association for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, all your guys would quit. All your guys would quit. But anyway, like, you know, we also, you know, we're um, we're pretty thankful because we do have uh, besides myself and Ted, like we've got Charlene runs the trailer. Right. Yep. Uh, she she goes up to the tower, gets the ladder, does the pairing. Uh, there's a couple times when Charlene's series races at Cuga. Then my uh, my future daughter-in-law Pat's uh, girl, she ran the trailer a couple races, yep. and then uh, even Kevin Orr's wife Lori, she's helped out. So uh, we're pretty fortunate that way for sure. Yeah, and I and I have to say that I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out for my own from my own perspective to some of the people that have have helped us uh, michelle gioli has has come out to the track made trips out to the track specifically just to help us uh, doug linden's wife pam has uh has helped us uh, on many occasions uh, uh beth gregory vince gregory's wife has helped us and uh, you know that's one of the nice things about doing it is that you know the racers are they do see that there's work involved in doing this and they're they're willing to try and pitch in and, and help out too where possible uh of course then you always have the chris van balen troublemakers of the world too right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and i'm just i'm just yeah. picking on chris we've had chris on the show uh so yeah we're just picking on chris uh, uh chris is a good guy i like chris uh, have a lot of fun with him out at the track uh and was chris out there this oh. weekend uh yeah chris was out running with us okay yeah, i know and, uh, i know i know he normally does yeah, I believe, don't hold me to this because, you know, I'm getting old and my memory's not that great, but I think Chris qualified number one on Sunday, if I recall. Oh, okay. He did. Yeah, Chris is and, uh, uh, Chris is shaking his head he did. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Chris is just a character, eh? <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people love him and some people don't. And it's like, dude... If he took all that energy he has that he uses into causing trouble and applied it to his <laughs> racing program, that, I'm I'm telling you, Chris is a Chris is a good drag racer. Oh, he's very good drag racer for if, sure. Yeah, yeah. If he took all that energy that he uses driving around on a scooter, causing <laughs> havoc, and applied it to his racing, he could be unbeatable. That kid. Uh, he, he's he's a lot of fun out at the track for sure. Uh, <laughs> like I said, yeah. uh, you know, it's I don't know why someone. I mean, in the end, I mean, the thing with Chris is it's all in good fun. That's uh, I mean, he's yeah. he's not trying to be mean or malicious. He's just uh, he's just no. out there having a good time. You know. Um, yeah. yeah, he's just being Chris 
for uh, for for us old people that remember <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the movie, uh, he is Chris Spicoli, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, sure. he's, but, he's, uh, he's a he's a good guy, good guy, like I said, good guy, good character. Uh, um, so, I mean, overall, I mean, you guys had was it ten races that we had total? Now you're gonna make me think. Yeah, I'm the guy that made up the schedule. Uh, this is what we had. We had uh, six weekends, I believe. Okay. Uh, so what I did was I spread it all out. So we had kind of like one a month. They were all double headers, and then so it was 13 races because we had the race of champions oh. at Hugo on, on the Friday night, I believe, yeah. which is uh, which my friend uh, Casey Jansen from Revs Full Throttle has been, you know what, this is the sixth year in a row he sponsored that person. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I can't have that race without a sponsor, so. Right, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that again is just one more long-time yeah. sponsor that uh, that you guys have had. Uh, I mean, and I have to say yeah. that Full Throttle has sponsored that race for as long as I can remember. Um, it's always been the Full Throttle Race of Champions, so. Um, yeah. it's, it's great to have that kind of support. Uh, now, I mean, overall you guys were at Grand Bend this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the same weekend, I think as, was it an IHRA race that they had there? Um, they had, uh, Grand Bend had two or three big races, right? Yeah. One was the Mopar, their, their Mopar race. So right. it wasn't. And then they had their Stratford deal, and then they had the one um, um, that that other series, that other Heads Up series. Uh, oh, the Great Lakes Pro Tree Association one. The Great Lakes, yeah, yeah. they had a double header at that that event. Actually, my uh, my son Pat, he won that deal. Oh, the one I forget if it was the Sat. I believe it was the Sunday he he won uh, he won there, and. Uh, yeah, so you know what? I love going to Grand Bend. It's I like I really like different avenues. Um the only problem is with with logistics and everything else. You see, I raced for 35 years and I would go anywhere to race. Right. I raced right. in I raced in Bristol, Virginia, uh, obviously Norwalk. Norwalk's not as far. Right. But I have no problem traveling, going to a race, and I find a lot of people in our area, or especially Western New York, they just like the Lancaster, the Friday night deal. Right. Um, if I asked everybody, you know, let's put on a big race four hours away, I, I, I don't think I would get the car count. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember who it was, but I actually talked to... One of the guys, one of the Ohio guys who came to our race at Dragway 42 last year and was it last year or two years ago? Well, let's say it was last year. Regardless, um, talked to him and I, I asked him, I'm like, hey, you're going to go up to the, the race at Grand Bend? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, you know, the border and all the rest. I'm like, well, what's wrong with the border? He's like, oh, geez, you know, it's just so hard to get across. And I'm like, it's like a piece of cake. I'm like... Yeah, I've heard horror stories, 
Um, but everybody seems to think that the horror story is the norm, right? You're going to go there and you're going to get hassled. It's going to take you two hours to get across. If you're lucky, more than likely you're going to get turned back. And it's like, it's not like that at all. It's like, if you show up and you're honest, you know, they're going to ask to look in the trailer. Okay. So you open the door in the trailer, they look in, make sure you're not smuggling any drugs or illegal aliens in and away you go. I mean, two minutes and you're done. Um, so I don't really understand why people have this notion i guess overall that crossing the border is a really big deal because it's not no well when i when i used to do all my racing all the ihra stuff and that i always had i kept everything in an envelope in the console of the truck i right. had the ownership for the truck ownership for the trailer and then i had they call it a y38 it's a green card which had the serial number in what the race car is and yep. the golf cart i I get. I got that at the border. You only have to stop and get it once. It's good for life as long as it's legible. I keep all that stuff together. Every time I would cross the border, if they asked me for my paperwork, I would automatically hand it to them. Right. And as soon as they seen, as soon as they realized I had everything I needed, they didn't even look at it. They just handed it back to me. Right. Right. Yeah. If you go to the if you go to the trouble to be that prepared, obviously yeah. this guy's got his his ducks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For so, sure. Yeah, and I will say that yeah. I love Grand Bend, too. I mean, it's uh, it's been a while since I've been there. And, uh, again, Phil and I were planning on going to that race, too. Uh, if, if Unfortunately, again, with the car not going straight, we just had to punt and couldn't go. But, yeah, surprisingly, yeah. Phil has never been to Grand Bend. So, I mean, that was really high on our list of races to go to because uh, I, I found it a, to be a fun track to go and hang out at. And I know that I've never partaken in the beaches myself but i guess the beach is a really great place i mean i just hear so many people just love that area in general and it's like if they're going to grand bend to race they love going up there a couple days early just to hang out and uh, enjoy the atmosphere of the area oh yeah it's like going on vacation right (laughs) i'll take your word for it like i said because i haven't done it myself but i've heard uh, i've heard stories about how nice it is up there uh like i said just on the on the shore um, now, are you, at this point, I mean, obviously, it, we've just finished the 2019 racing season. Have you started thinking about 2020 uh, already? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because every year Ted and I sit down and it's like, are we doing this again? <laughs> are we doing this again? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like when we were at Cayuga. Uh, you know, I'm used to having 22, 24, 28 cars. Right. You know, you're, you're putting on a race. It doesn't matter what the car count is. Our payout is guaranteed. If we have 10 cars, it's $1,000 to win. Right. Okay. There's, at Cayuga, was was very disappointing. I think we had 12, 13 cars. Yep. And, uh Besides the NHRA stuff, where else can you go run 1090? Oh, yeah. I mean... And and I just... And I thought to myself, you know, like it, two, three years ago, I put on those those five granders at Leicester. Yep, yep. Gar- guaranteed 5000 If you added up my whole payout, I think it was like $9,600, and yep. I guaranteed the money. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't depend on the money at the trailer when the guys bought their tech cards. I brought the money with me because if we didn't get the card count, and 
God, I think the first the first year I put it on, we had seventy eight. Yeah, I remember. Cars. I remember. The second the second year we had seventy two. Yeah. Now, all those cars can't be gone. They they can't all be bracket cars now. I just you know guaranteeing a thousand dollars to win. I was hoping that our car count would be a little a little better than it is. Well, if you figure it out, I guess I would love to know what the answer is because we've seen the same thing in super gas. Probably no big surprise to you. Um, yeah. Now, granted, I me mean, one weekend we actually canceled our race basically because of lack of participation. Um, now, part of that was even my own fault because we had a car that we couldn't get down the track. So in the end, we had four cars show up. I'm like, well, guys, it doesn't make sense to have a race with four cars. Um, but even yeah. if I had made it, it would have only been five. Um, and, yeah, we have seen our car count over the five or six years, six years, I think, that I've run the Western York Super Rod Association, you know, dwindle from your typical car count of, you know, 16, 18 to now, I would say, in a typical, I mean, really, this year, typical day was six to eight. Um, and I don't know what has happened to all of them. I don't know if everyone has just said, well, I don't want to do, you know, dot uh, .90 type style racing anymore. I'm just going to go be a bracket racer. Um, I don't know if it's just bad luck. I, I, I don't know. But I have to say, from my standpoint, it's... It's. It was never important to me. I mean, yes, I want to win, right? But it was never important to me to stand, be the one standing in the winner's circle when putting on one of these races. What I want is I want to put on one of these races and have a million cars show up and everyone to be like, oh, my God, that was the best time I've had. I can't wait to come to the next race. And yeah. when you put the work in and you have six cars show up or even 10 cars you're like man why am i doing this it's really like i said it's demoralizing overall to to do it and uh now maybe that's maybe that's my own personal problem just because of the fact it's like well maybe that should motivate me maybe to try harder i don't know marketing and promotion yeah i mean to a certain extent uh maybe maybe nobody likes you and they don't want to run your deal (laughs) i'm sure there's i'm sure there's people out there well, no, that that's probably not true because most people don't like me either, but they still come out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the thing is, back to this, this car count deal, when we had 12 at Cuga, yeah. I, I said to Teddy, I says, listen, I says, if we go to Leicester, I says, we got 12 cars. I says, we're done. I says, I'm, I can't do all this work and not have the guy support it. Right. But then, and then we go to Leicester, we get 20, 22 cars. Yep. You get, you get, uh, you, there's some new guys there. Like I said, the young fellow with the Mustang that's, that's trying it. Yeah. Uh, I had, uh, Charlene Lapis running with us. I had, right. uh, I had like a old Camaro in my stables that, uh, her husband, Alex, him and I screwed the car together. He put a stop on it. She went to the final at Cayuga. Yeah. Uh, we get that tight battle in the points. It just it, it pumps me up. It makes me excited about the series. You right, know? right. Is a thousand to win a big deal anymore? Well, I mean that's that's a problem. I will say, but do you I know mean, what, he, were, what were? Go something, ahead. Something like this. What were you making in ninety five? 
for a local series, you weren't getting a thousand. I mean, yeah, if, and in nineteen ninety five, if you went someplace that had a bracket race of thousand dollars to win, that was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think years ago, like when Lancaster used to run Super Gas on a regular basis, I think it was only three hundred to win. Three hundred bucks. Yep. One hundred percent. Three hundred dollars to win. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, what I have but when Lancaster was running Super Gas you were going to be going to Lancaster anyway. Now you're asking people to tour and cover significant mileage and invest a lot of time. So is there is there a disconnect between, I mean, your purse has got to be something like, if you're paying 1000 to win, you're 1700 bucks for a purse, somewhere around there, mm. after you figure what you pay back. Yeah, I mean, it depends on, it really depends car upon counts, the car count. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, let's let's talk for us, for Western York Super Auto Association. Well, for you guys, it's a lot different than, than that. So we typically, I mean, so we, so we did the same thing, guaranteed a 1000 to win. So typically, we're very top-heavy. Um, so it's been, you know, a 1000 to win, 300 for second, you know, 100 for third and fourth, and that's pretty much it. So, yeah, 1500 bucks, you know, paying back four spots. Um, you start getting into TNT where... So Joe, you'll have to you'll have to hop in here. I mean, you it's, guys were paying. Uh, I think I think like on Sunday. Um, no, we pay uh, we pay we pay all roughly two thousand a weekend uh, per race. Yeah, and I mean, and you guys are paying round money, right? Yeah, and and our entry fee is only half of what yours is, right? Because right. we're because we're lucky enough to to get sponsors to help us out, eh? Right. Well, it's it's the sponsors, and you know, with the dwindling car count that we've seen, I mean, the guys in my series have said, "Well, I I don't want to come out and run for five hundred bucks. I still want to run for minimum a thousand dollars." It's like, okay, well, I've basically taken a step back and said, "Look, I don't want to go out and have to try to chase sponsors, and you know, not only chase, yep. uh, let's call it chase sponsors. I don't want to have to try to procure sponsors. I don't want to have to chase sponsors for money, and I don't want to have to spend all of my time basically." then trying to make sponsors happy um, by getting them the exposure that they've paid for, right? right. Um, so for me, it was, I'm either going to stop doing the series or if I'm going to continue to do it, this is the way it's going to be done. And everyone basically said, no, please don't stop doing it. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the way it's going to be done. Um, and everybody said, well, we still want to race for big money. It's like, okay, well, with no sponsorship money, that means you have to be self-funded. So if you want to do that, it's going to be 200 bucks basically to enter, and then we'll still guarantee 1000 to win. Okay, great. Um, and generally what I've seen is that, I have to say, and maybe I wrecked it. Maybe it's my fault because when we started off, yes, doing sponsors was $100 to enter essentially, sure. uh, and we raced quarter mile. Now we're racing primarily eighth mile, no sponsors, 200 bucks to win to keep that purse out, and nobody is showing up. But again, the switch from quarter mile to eighth mile yeah, that was precipitated a little bit by Jerry, but also the majority of the competitors were like, yeah, we want to race eighth mile. Okay, so I'll I'll appease the racers and make it eighth mile. Um, and, you know, the we want it to be $200 to, to enter so we can race for big money. Okay, we had a couple of races where we paid $1,800, 2000 to the winner. Right. Um, but even so, that has not been enough to get... I guess we'll call it retain people, consistent right? Attraction. Yeah, to get that consistent attraction. So it's like, what's the answer? I don't know. And I, I honestly don't believe that if you up the purse from $1,000 to $2,000, I still don't think that's enough to really 
entice somebody to come to your to come to your race to compete. When you say up they, the purse, yep. What do you mean by up the purse specifically? Because that means to me, you're adding money into the purse, not putting it on top. If you make it two thousand to win, you're gonna be in the same spot you're in because one person walked away with money. But if you take another two thousand dollars and inject yeah. it from second on on back and bolster that. Now you're looking at it, you're cutting into what your entry fee is and, and you're working backwards and a thousand dollars injected into the back second through fifth, second through eighth, yeah. whatever you want to look at it. That's a, that's a, I, I, that's a change. I, I'm really interested to hear what Joe has to say about this, but here's what I'll tell you. That oh. has my, been my experience. My experience has been nobody gives a crap what you're paying to the runner up or to the semifinalists. All I want to know is how much you're paying to the winner and you let me worry about how we're going to whack that up, essentially, from there on out. I'm, I am Mr. Share the Wealth. I want to see people. If you go to the semifinals, I generally want to see you at least get the majority of your money back. Um, competitors that I've talked well, to in our series, if it was winner take all, they'd be perfectly okay with that. I am shocked to hear that. Now and maybe Joe, and maybe Joe has a different a different feeling well, than I do, but that's yeah, what I've seen. Well, well, I'll tell you, there's a couple different ways of looking at it. Like right. when I put on my five, when I put on my two five granders, mm-hmm. I I charged the entry fee was 150 bucks. Okay. Now anybody would spend 150 bucks to race for five grand, right? Right. Okay. Our entry fee, our entry fee to buy a tech card at our trailer used to be sixty. Yep. We raised it to a hundred. And we guaranteed a thousand dollars to win. Right. Okay. So if we didn't guarantee that money and we used our old structure and it went by car counts and uh, whatever, say it would be six or seven hundred to the winner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, wouldn't you think your average guy would spend an extra forty dollars to race for four hundred dollars more? Right. You would think so, right? Oh yeah. Okay. And then ten to one well, return. Well, I can think of, I don't want to say a handful of guys. Oh, yeah, but, but we lowered our membership fee also uh-huh. to, to, to be in the points. Yep. So there's a handful of racers that weren't racing with us anymore. And, you know, I got a lot of friends and relatives in New York State and everything, and I says, well, what's with these guys? Well, why don't they want to race? Oh, they say it's too expensive. It's like, oh. come on. Come on, an extra forty dollars to be guaranteed a Geno to win? Right. It's, you don't. You don't have to be a, a, a mathematician to, to figure that deal out. Yeah, it makes. I will oh. say, from my perspective, it makes no sense at all. Um, and you know, it's been again, it's been frustrating just because of that. That yeah, you get people that complain about the fact that geez it's too expensive to race then you got the guys that are like hey man let's make it 500 and uh you know race for some big money and it's like you know at some point you've at some point i realize that you're going to reach a the pain point of your majority of your racers out there but when you look at what your total cost is to go racing for a weekend and you talk about spending an extra 40 dollars again to guarantee yourself now a thousand dollars to win it's that's it's in the noise it's totally in the noise um, yeah. Well, when I used to race, when I used to race, this is the way I looked at it. I was doing it regardless because I loved that's it. That's right. That's right. The, pri- the prize money, 
that was just a bonus at the end of the day. I I did I just put that to the side because uh, I was racing anyways. Right, right. You know? But, uh, you know, th- this is another thing with our deal. Our racers, we've got some racers that are so dedicated. I've got racers that started with us 13 years ago, are still racing with us, the same guys. Yep. And, you know, uh, John Jablonski, he's been with uh, John's missed our last few races. I don't know if he's losing interest or if he's slowing up or whatever, but he's raced us race with us since the first race i believe uh tom coonley there's uh i know, um, I know mark herbold has been competing Larry with you Paul, for... yeah mark herbold i think uh steve mccarrick uh right. it's it's just uh you know it's kind of sad to see a couple guys fall by the wayside but then like i said on on this weekend you know we we had the new fella the young fellow with the mustang and he's he actually Char's husband Alex helped him get the stop on the car and everything, and then uh, Robbie's a friend. I guess Robbie Becker does his engine work, and Robbie helps him with the car. Yep. Uh, his name's Mike. Sorry, uh, Mike went out on a, on Saturday, put the car his very first race, very first qualifying attempt. He put the car on the pole. <laughs> That's cool. So it's like it's like awesome dude like i was you know it's funny because anytime i've seen whatever it is that i've done where i've done it for a long time and we have somebody new get involved i always hope for that person to have instant success because you're totally casting the line right and getting them on the hook instantly um and Keep them, keep them enthusiastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you go out there and you get your brains bashed in for eight weeks in a row, and you're like, you know what? Forget this. This is no fun at all. Um, but you go out and have just a little bit of success. You get that taste, and you're like, something, something. right? Whatever something. it is. <laughs> and and the thing yeah. is, is, is with our age of immediacy now, how everybody uses well, the instant reward. Yeah, you know right. what? Nobody it's, wants to uh, wait for that. Right. It's. I remember when I started. I think I the first year I joined a point series. I think was at Cayuga in '85. I don't know '85, '86, and I was bracket racing the Green Barracuda that my son Ryan races in Superstock. Yeah. And and at the time, you know, you're you know, I'm fiddling. I'm trying to make the car go faster and faster and change and stuff. Man, I went out six weekends before I won my first round of drag oh, racing. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. that's not an apples to apples comparison anymore. Well, and no. I, and I have to say that it's that's the type of thing that so and I know we've talked about this on the show again. Racers are the biggest bunch of whiners, right? <laughs> um, it's like oh, the track stinks, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, look, if you can't get your car down the track, then work on your stuff. Work on your stuff yeah. so that you can get down the track. It's not the the track is what the track is. If you can't get down it, that's not the track's fault. That's not my fault. That's your fault. Um, but nobody it's wants true. to hear that. And you know the NHRA, NHRA pros are the same way, right? They expect to be able to go out to the track, put as much power to, to it as they possibly can, and that track better hold it. Otherwise, I'm going to whine and cry about it. Um, yeah. And 
That is a 100% different mentality today than it was 30 years ago. Um, because, yeah, racing super gas 30 years ago when you decided, all right, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, more than likely you got your brains bashed in all year for the first season. We got people people in the circles that, that I'm in all the time that, be it circle track or, or any form of motorsport, has this where somebody shows up and they spend a whole lot of money and they're going to go out and win. Right. And, and, and right. they've got this thing in the shop, and they've been a fan forever, and they know everything there is to know, and they've put their heart and soul into this thing, and they show up at the track, and a couple, two, three times, they get the, the crap kicked out of them, and it's everybody else's fault. Right. You know? And, uh, well, and let's, I know let's take I've a microcosm of, of, of dirt modified racing, right? Right. And this year we had a handful of 10,000 win races on the Super Dirt Car Series. There's been a bunch of bigger money payout races with um with brett Dale series and stuff like that but it was last year or year before it was still six thousand to win a touring series event and that's the same thing that it paid at the turn of at the turn of the millennium right right you know, we're talking 15 years without much and, and the weekly track stuff forget about it right you know some of those sportsman guys they're, they're finally they're getting up close to they're approaching a thousand to win and such like that on uh, on a fairly regular basis, but well, you got to you got to remember, we're not in this for the money. That and you know that, but that's you're the, also but you've made an investment on something that a lot of people are trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, when you start mapping out that the extra this or the extra that, and you expand it over the course of the season, you said it at the beginning. They're broke. And if you start tacking that extra money and, and nickel and dime and, and you're not getting anything back or and you don't have sponsor support and stuff like that, then you might have gone broke a race earlier than you would have otherwise. Yeah. But you, this is the thing about racing, and Joe's 100% right here. I mean, there are—I'm not going to say I could count them on one hand, but certainly less than 50 racers— sportsman racers that do it for a living yeah it might be less than 20 um it's certainly less than 50 everybody's got to go to work monday right Mm -hmm. so when it gets right down to it why are you doing this yeah it's (laughs) nice to win money but like joe said that's the bonus right you got to be doing this because you love doing it and i've come to the conclusion this year and Maybe it's just me. Joe's a little bit older than me, and maybe that's why uh, nobody likes Joe because he he's 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 you. been he's been the grumpy old man for a while. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just entering into the grumpy old man. <laughs> you're you're, you're grumpy. Yeah. And this year in particular, I'm like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care if people show up or not. I'm here to race. I'm going to race whether it's a dollar to win, nothing to win. I don't really care. I'm here to race, and oh. I don't want to hear about. Oh, geez, maybe I'll show up. And, well, if you did this, I would show up. It's like, you know what? You want to race? Race. If you don't, don't. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, that's my my grumpy right. old man kind of uh, syndrome coming out. Um, and that, I think, and now granted, again, would we all love to race for 10000 to win at your local bracket race every single week? Yeah, I we would. Um, but well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that the way that the landscape is right now and, and probably people are going to be scratching their head when I say this I don't think throwing a pile of money at it is going to fix it if it is, I don't think so either if it is it's going to be a temporary fix you're going to be right back in the same spot because now I, I would bet money that it, it won't let, let's, let's forget Western Super Superout Association um, 
let's go with a series like TNT. Let's yeah, let's, I know he did. <laughs> uh, let's go with a series like TNT that still gets a respectable turnout at mm-hmm. every race. My guess is if they if TNT increased their their amount to win from a thousand to two thousand, might get one more car. Is the emphasis yeah. is the emphasis not so much on following a series anymore, or even insofar as running weekly as as the standalone shows, the big by themselves event, the special attraction, one off events, because those seem to draw like crazy. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you two two things. When I did my two five granders, yeah, we did it. IHRA was still around, right. and they were having their. Uh, uh, I don't know what you, what they call that pro am pro am right yeah yep. and and we did our our five grander on the Friday night mm-hmm. because I figure there's cars coming mm-hmm. there's going to be even more cars coming when they got the opportunity to run our deal for five thousand yep captive audience uh, we we broadcasted it live on Motor Mania right. and and. Uh, I think that's what made those two races of success is because it gave the guys the opportunity to have three kicks at the can instead mm-hmm. of just the pro-am deal right. for for less than a third of the money they paid compared to what I paid. But but I think this is what I feel is the major problem with the car counts now in every series is J- Jason Oldfield. That's racing was bred in. Racing was bred into him. Yeah. Uh, my two boys that race, they've been around it their whole lives. Mm-hmm. The Haleen boy, the Bauer boy, the Maduri boy. Um, how many new guys do you see that all of a sudden that don't have the background or the history behind them? decide that they want to build a, a, a car and come racing. I don't see any of them. You're right. losing uh, cars. You are losing cars faster than you gain them. You're losing drivers faster than you gain them. Right, yes. And, and that, is, that, is, that is regardless of, of what motor and how many wheels. You are losing racers faster than you're gaining right. them. And, yeah. and it comes back to that whole, if I don't win the first two times out, forget this. I'm going back to right. X, right. whatever. And yeah, your Xbox. Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, and I will say, like in, 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 in Super Guest, you know, we've looked specifically at our series, and we have had a bunch of guys that have quit, sold their stuff, and and when I say quit or sold their stuff, I'm not saying that they got um, uh, demoralized and quit, but it was like, yeah, you know what? I'm 70 years old. Jerry Stoutenberg. I'm going to use Jerry Stoutenberg as an example. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry raced until he was, what, 75 years old and said, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm tired and I can't really do this anymore by myself and it's just time for me to retire. Um, and there's, yeah, there's one less super gas racer now. And uh, uh, and to your point, Joe, yeah, there was no young kid that just happened to show up out of nowhere that was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to, I want to race super gas now. Um, anyone that raced super gas that is a young kid like that, generally what you end up having is, let's call it like the Tyler Helene of the world. Um yeah. Old man steps aside, young kid hops in the seat of the same car, and all you've done, you haven't gained anything. You've just kept yourself from losing one car. <laughs> you've got a, yeah. a net gain of zero. You have a net gain of zero, exactly. Um, but, yeah. yeah, actually new people where you're like, who the heck are you? I've never heard of you. 
before. And drag racing, yeah. drag racing is in a weird spot with so many different divisions that you've seen divisions come and go. Oh yeah, and you've seen the the ebb and flow of that stuff. You know, if you look at some of the more basic divisions where you might see people break in more readily, the the street stock realm of things and 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 there's a ladder there just like there is at any any dirt track with the four cylinders and the the street stocks that division always self-resets because we want more we want more we want more it's too expensive we need this back again we go back to stock we want more we want more we want more we want more this is too expensive this is stupid we need to go back to where it was and we go back to stock joe did you ever race pro modified i know you went top sportsman racing did you ever race pro modified yeah, yeah. Actually, I uh, I won the Canadian Pro Modified Series in '06, and then prior to that, I finished in the top eight uh, three times. I've been uh, I've been very fortunate during my racing career that I was always able to win at least one or two big races a year. Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, I I raced against guys that had millions of dollars. So oh yes, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I was I was very fortunate, and then uh, and then in um, I even used to go. We used to go to the Halloween Classic at Norwalk. Yeah, run uh, run the top Top Gun or Top Sportsman deal, and then they'd have uh, Audi sponsored. It was the Frantic Four, where the four fastest cars okay. on the property would run off on the Saturday night. And uh, not only am I the only person that's ever won it three times, I won it three years in a row that's pretty cool, cool. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. super cool yeah and then in uh in 98 when i had my lebaron that was larry o'brien's old pro stock okay and i had the i had a blower motor in it so yeah. in 98 i won the pro comp championship at cuga which i was competing against you know dragsters automatics delay yeah. boxes i i had a blower and a clutch wick it up put it in the beams uh and that year i also i think i finished number eighth in the in the pro mod deal as well so i was uh i was very fortunate we had a good time yeah i say we you know we've we've been on the air an hour already which you know typical great conversation the time flies by i'd love to have you on the show again because we really haven't talked about your racing career at all which is long and storied right um and yeah we're just only <laughs> no, no, not going to bore us at all. Not going to bore us at all. The, the reason I asked about whether or not you'd ever raced pro modified was because of the fact that everybody wants to race that style of racing. First one to the finish line wins. Um, yeah. But yeah. The, the problem is, is that the cost just gets out of control. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't want to say I don't know if I could do it now or not financially, but I definitely wouldn't want to make myself broke before I retire. Right. So, but anyways, I just I want to I just want to give a shout out. Absolutely. Um, my son Pat, he is uh, on Team Cayuga this weekend, so they're up in um, where the heck are they this weekend? Running the bracket finals. Uh. They are at Pittsburgh. No, they're not at Pittsburgh. They're at uh, 90 past Connectony. What track is that out there? Oh, uh, Esta? No. Come on, big Jerry track. Lebanon Valley? Lebanon Valley. So the whole Cayuga team is up there. Uh, so I want to wish my son uh, some luck. I hope uh, it'd be nice to see some brass come 
back to Canada from uh, <laughs> Team Cayuga. And uh, my son Ryan, he's on his way up to uh, Columbus right now for that NHRA deal. So uh, hopefully he has a good weekend as well. I didn't realize that they were running the NHRA bracket finals this weekend. Yeah, right now. That They're is, all up there right now. That is crazy. Why would they run that event the same weekend as the Columbus Sports National event? Well, I don't think there's anybody in comp, stock, super stock that's bracket racing at their local track that would go to a bracket final. But, you know, it's like right now, while we're talking, I'm watching the uh, the shakedown from Virginia. Yeah. There's another big race somewhere. There's the bracket final. There's the, uh, the Columbus deal. There's... Uh, there's a lot of racing on this weekend, and it looks like everybody's going to have fantastic weather. So, well, I guess that's a I guess that's a good news. Is that uh, yeah, there's good weather and lots of lots of opportunities for you to go and uh, go race someplace. Right, the so. sun goes down at seven thirty. We have good weather. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, and I appreciate you uh, having us on tonight. Hey, for sure. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Joe. Really appreciate you coming on. And again, we're going to have you on certainly again in the future, so we can talk more about your uh, your racing. Thank you. Hey, Thanks a lot. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Joe Bonifero with TNT. Wrapping up their season at Empire over the weekend and, and got into some of the uh, theories of, of drag racing and where things at. Where I was going with that, that reset is with that type of division that can do its own self-reset, there's, a, there's, there's sustainability there because it eventually will come back around. And you'll be able to get a new influx of drivers, and it will it will continue to feed itself, although it's fighting itself. Right. Yours is unique, though. You know, we've talked before about how particular divisions are the the, the driver pool is just going away, and it's going away, and it's and it's whittling down. So, I mean, yours yours is a little bit different situation. Like you you were hitting on maybe people just don't want to run dot ninety racing anymore. Well, and I you know throttle stop racing, let's call it that, right? I mean, I right. get that, and uh, you know people not wanting to run a throttle stop. It's like I don't get it. Why would I, you know, especially the younger guys? Why would I make my car fast just to slow it down again? <laughs> that takes the fun out of it. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, yeah, for me personally, it's like what's the real thrill of the the dot ninety style racing? It's not the throttle stop itself. I love of the pro tree heads up everyone's running the same index type of thing um and yeah maybe your maybe, races are decided by ten thousandths of a second sure absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean i mean most bracket races are right um but yeah maybe the maybe the solution or the answer is to go to one of the no electronics classes where you do the same style of thing i don't know uh like I said, I don't... If you did, your phone would be ringing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, I mean, again, it's... it's For me, again, I like really like the pro tree heads up type of thing, and, you know, that's what I was raised on. Um, yeah, what's going to happen? I mean, I really do, and, and again, maybe we've talked about this on the show. 20 years from now, I really don't believe that there's going to be a class called Super Gas. Right. Um, maybe there might be super comp still um mm-hmm. because it's still pretty popular with the dragsters uh, so i mean you go get yourself a dragster i can i can bracket race that thing and i can race super comp with it so there's that's a little bit more popular than super gas um but yeah 20 years from now i don't expect a super gas will be around any longer right um 
and again, you know, you look at the average age of the guy competing in super gas. Um, I mean, it's not just super gas, really. I mean, it's super gas, it's super street, super comp, super stock and stock. Those five main NHRA sportsman classes, it's old. It's really old. Right. Um, like, I'm one of the younger guys old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. We've talked about that. It, it shouldn't be like that. Um, it, it, it shouldn't, but that's that's the cost of the creation you know what i mean oh yeah because otherwise you these are the people that are these, these are the guys that have been in it forever that the new guys that are coming in don't have that marriage that sense of of loyalty to the sport for right theoretically right you know i i'm 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 speaking in general terms. When you look at a bell curve, there's going to be extremes on everything. There's going to be the middle ground. So before the, the, the pitchforks and torches come yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, Yeah, I mean, know. young kids. I mean, young. And I'm going to say young kids. So Josh Mills, who runs out at, at Empire, mm-hmm. um, I think he runs with the street outlaws. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's run no prep style stuff. I mean, young kid. I mean, his car's fast. I mean, I... He, I'm pretty sure he's gone four seventies with it, um, maybe even a little bit quicker. I mean, it's it's a fast car. Here's a kid that went out to the drag races. His dad used to bracket race, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. That wasn't a, of a lot of interest to him. Throttle stop racing he probably doesn't understand at all because his dad didn't do that. And it was like, right. well, I'm not going to do that. So it's like, I'm going to build a car. What am I going to do? It's like, oh, yeah, the you know the street outlaw style stuff. That's the stuff that's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Now, he's... He's a little bit of a anomaly, I guess, let's call it, from just your standard young kid off the street in that he had his dad to help him. And I will say that, that Josh also is a good fabricator, so went to work for Randy Jewell and learned how to fabricate well, and build a lot of this stuff on his own too, right? Sure. Um, but even so, you're doing all this work on your own. The parts still cost a lot of money. Um, and, you know, he was lucky enough to have his dad there to kind of get him started and going. And it's like... Well, you're talking about those, all the, the, the age of the people, the, the, the guys that are racing, right? You yeah. said it's an old population. Oh, yeah. How many of them are engineer types? Not or many. From from the corporate side of things Not that, many. that put together major They're retirements, me- right? 80% of the guys out there are mechanics. They're mechanics. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um and, and maybe 80% is an exaggeration, but I'll say 50% of the guys are probably mechanics. And some of them are some of them are car mechanics, some of them are diesel mechanics, some right. of them are fork truck mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. But they're all guys that are generally, for the most part, more the blue-collar guys that aren't afraid to get their hands dirty and work on their own stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But even if you had a kid that is willing to do that, you still have to have... The, the capital to be able to go out, all right, I, need, I just broke my cylinder heads. I need to go buy another set. Right. Uh, oh, geez, I only make $8 an hour at McDonald's. Um, I can't exactly go do that, you just, right? You just sounded like a really old man right there. <laughs> <laughs> because minimum wage hasn't been $8 in uh, like 20 years or something. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I think you get my point. That, yeah, I mean, to, I go out, to build a super gas car... It's not an inexpensive endeavor to build a no, super gas car. It's, it's not. not. It's not ridiculously expensive, but you're not going to build a super gas car for five thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, could you do it for ten thousand? I suppose you might be able to find your. I mean, again, if you could do all the work yourself, you, know, you find yourself a junk body, everything else, you could probably build a super gas car for ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not in the let's call it the picture of what a super gas car what most people see as a super right. gas car today um but you could run building, nine, you could probably building, run 990 with it yeah you're not building a poster child no you're building yeah a car. right you're building a car that could run 990 right um yeah to get to the point where you say all right i have a standard super gas roadster like most people have you can't build that car for under thirty five thousand. um doing all the work yourself <laughs> doing all of it. Yeah, well, I don't think this. I, I don't think that we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna solve this in the next fifteen minutes. Mm, no, 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 probably not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Well, I, I look forward to getting Joe on again. I think that's going to be a fun conversation because we'll be able to focus just on what he's done. Yeah, he's a you super. Know, even you know, you're, you're talking about that stuff. Even even he said, I was fortunate enough to win two or three big races every year, and it's like. He was always he was always super competitive. LeBaron is the the That's helpful <laughs> the car that I remember of his. Yeah. If I saw pictures, um, I'm sure I would recognize other cars. But the mm-hmm. LeBaron is the car for me that really sticks out. That yeah, when I when I think of uh, Joe's racing career, the LeBaron is the car that I think of. Yeah. Um, but you know the Barracuda, um, so. Th- crashed that car actually oh, really? a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was at Cuyuga. I'm not 100% sure of that, if it was at Cuyuga or not. Um, but, yeah, crash that car. I, I wanted to get a chance, didn't get a chance to ask him, but I wanted to, to ask him, you know, you know, how, how what's the condition of the car, how bad is it? And um, I'm assuming the fact that uh, he mentioned it means that it, you know, didn't go on a record to the junkyard. So um, I, I don't know anything about really the crash itself. All I know is that they had a crash. Something happened. Yeah, yeah, something happened. Um, so, yeah, but... Well, be interesting to hear uh, certainly more about that too. Something else to put a pin in, and we can revisit it. When oh we, yeah, absolutely. We get back to it. Um, and he's a great guy. He's been uh, he's been a real big supporter. Like I said, I mean, obviously he was a competitor, uh, but he's been a huge supporter of the sport, particularly locally. Um, you know, helping TNT and a whole bunch sure. of other local series and tracks as well. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's nice that the guy gives back too. Right on. Um, so, for sure. Well. That's all stuff that we're going to get to when we have him back on, whenever, sure. whenever that might be. Uh, it's something that's, that's it's going to happen. It's, it's no doubt going to happen. I mean, that was a great conversation we had for an hour plus here. That's going to do it for us here. Episode number 69 is in the books. Congratulations to all the winners from Empire this weekend and uh, on a successful season for the TNT Super Series this year. That's going to wrap it up. We'll see you next time here from the North Park Building in Academy Square. See you then. This has been the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. We'll see you right back here again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.